Hey there everybody and welcome to the Biathlon Podcast. The World Championships over in Oberhof are firmly in the rearview mirror now and we have got three more rounds of the World Cup season to look forward to. First of those is this week over in Nova Miesto and we'll be looking forward to the races there. News of Emilian Jacqueline shutting down his career and an IBU Cup corner will be over in Canmore where the IBU Cup season is reaching boiling point. So let's dive straight in. Thanks for joining me, everyone. As I say, it's a little preview episode here today. Day late, sorry about that. Life got in the way there. But today I'll be looking forward to the races over in Nova Miesto. We have sprints, pursuits, and mixed relays. And as always, I'll be giving you my best bets for those races. Let me know who you think's in the running for the top spots. You can catch me on Facebook, Twitter, or an email at the biathlon podcast at gmail.com we'll of course also be looking over to the ibu cup in ibu cup corner later uh that reaching uh, the sort of final races over there they'll be happening later today and over the next few days uh, but i'll be bringing you up to speed with what's been happening over in canada so far but before all that let's take a look at what we've got ahead of us over in nova miesto as i say sprints pursuits and mixed relays they start tomorrow Thursday the 2nd of March with the men's sprint. We've got the women's sprint on Friday, pursuits on Saturday, and the mixed relays on Sunday. And let's dive straight in and look at who the bookies think are going to be on that top step of the podium. And again, there is not much surprise when we look at the men's race. We have got your world champion, Johannes Tingers, for two to five favourite to take yet another sprint win this season. Uh, behind him at 7-1, we have Sebastian Samuelson and Sterla Holm Ligreed. And they are the uh, the only other men within single figures in terms of the odds. Martin Ponciloma there at 11-1 to as well. And I mean, the big question on everyone's uh, lips at the moment is, can anyone in the field beat Johannes in a sprint this year? And it's not looking good for the rivals. I'll say that right now. I was having a little look. I thought, you know, he's had the world championships. That's quite an intense, intense period of time. He was going for the seven golds there. Maybe that's going to have uh, maybe just settled him down a little bit, give some uh, give some others a chance at the medals. But then I looked back to last year after the Olympics where Konton Fiamaye did so well. And what did he do straight afterwards in Contilati? Bam, sprint pursuit double for the Frenchman. So history is kind of, uh, recent history anyway, is kind of on the side of Johannes, I think, here. It's just so tough to see anyone having the ski speed to beat him. We've seen that he is beatable, of course, over in the World Champs. Sebastian Samuelson getting the job done in the math start. Ponciloma also out skiing him. But in the sprint, you can see Johannes missing one. Had a look at the weather conditions in Nova Miesto. Doesn't look like they're going to be too tough. The wind doesn't look like it's going to be too high. Um, someone getting in touch there on Facebook uh, saying that the uh, the conditions have been a little bit too good this year. And I kind of agree. Overhoff was a nice uh, little nice respite with the fog. We had some wind as well in the relays particularly. Uh, but we've had some pretty pretty gentle conditions this year in, in total. And if we've got that again, I think Johanna's, you know, we look at the 
The prone shoot, maybe there'll be a miss there, but the standing shoot's been so rock solid this year. Nine out of ten with the speed he's been showing recently. I think you're you're giving him the win every day of the week there. Some other news, though, from Johannes is that he's uh, got a new baby, I think second child, on the way. Could that be a distraction, or are we really scraping the barrel of uh, of reasons that he might not win this race there? I mean, anything can happen in biathlon. Misses do happen on the range. Uh, drops in form happen as well. But I think it is very tough to bet against Johannes Tinger's bow, getting that win. Elsewhere, though, maybe uh, some bets on the podium might be uh, might be more realistic. And someone I like the look of is Johannes Dale. He's at 40-1 to 1 for the win. I'm not sure what he is to make the podium, actually. I'd imagine sort of 5-1 to 1 with those with those odds there. You know, he was fourth in Oberhof. He's had a, a decent season, a decent sort of comeback season, really, um, for Dale at the moment. But he impressed me. Impressed me in that sprint, late bib number. He was number 70. Um, obviously, the conditions there in Germany were getting worse as the race went on pretty drastically. Um, Taya and, and Johannes Dale both both doing well with later bib numbers. Um, but I think he's he's got a chance there. He's skiing in a similar sort of uh similar sort of speed to the best who aren't called Johannes Tingersburg. And at 40 to 1 for the win, that might be a bit of a stretch. But uh, but yeah, if you can get that at around five to one, six to one for the podium, I do like Dale at the moment. I think he's coming into form, sort of around. Uh, you know, he's he's been in form all year, um, but that sprint in Oberhof, I think he can use that as a springboard. Um, hopefully, he's got a little bit more of a, a little bit of a kinder bib number uh, than he's been getting for most of the season there. Elsewhere. I think the two big names other that aren't Norwegian have to be the two Swedes, Samuelsson and Pontialoma. They've both shown that they're in red-hot form. That mass start, one of the races of the World Championships, um, with Seb taking the win, Pontialoma taking the silver. It just feels it feels like the sprint isn't their race. The pursuit might be where we can see someone like a Samuelsson, uh, like a Ligreed, if, uh, if his ski speed's kind of rebounding a little bit after the World Championships there. Maybe even a rebounding Christiansen could get into the mix in the pursuit. I can see that happening more than I can see it in the sprint. Um, so in the sprint, I'm going to say it's Johannes Tinger's bow for the victory. A couple of names that I like for, for the podium. The top six, definitely. Um, how about Andre Rastogoyevs, the Latvian? He's been having a very good run of form at the moment. Fifth place in that mass start. Seventh in the sprint in Oberhof and ninth in the pursuit. 34 years old, you know, we don't know how much longer we're going to see the ski speed uh, of Rastogoyevs where it is at the moment. He's two to one to make the top 10, three to one to make the top six tomorrow. And I quite like that better. He's, he's looking very good out there at the moment. Um, and I could see him having a very strong finish to the season as well. So it goes a little bit in the face of what I'm about to say, though, because when we get to the end of the season, we do see... You know, names that have been in and around, but not necessarily on the podium, sort of come into the fore. Obviously, we had Julia Simon getting her first win uh, towards the end of the, uh, I think that was the COVID shortened season over in Contilati. We had Tangerwald winning over in Austin a couple of years ago, last race of the season there. Um, we've had, even last year, we had Philip Field Anderson and uh, Siva Gutson Backen, both sort of elevating their form for the Norwegian team. So we could see someone a sort of a little bit in that in that mold 
But looking through the field, it's it is quite hard to see who that might be. I think Jacamel might be the closest we could get to that. I, I think he's a level above the likes of sort of where Anderson and Backen were last year, just in terms of his experience, been around the World Cup tour for quite a while now. Um, but obviously he hasn't hit that top step yet. And maybe that is that sort of some somewhere where we might be leading. Again, I don't know if he can do it in the sprint. But the, for the pursuit, Jacamel, he's there at 80 to 1 for the sprint. Uh, we'll see where he lines up in the pursuit. But that's a name that I reckon by the end of the season, we might have seen take his first World Cup win, individually that is. Um, the big news elsewhere in the men's field, of course, is, I've teased it at the top there, Emilian Jacqueline announcing that he is shutting down his season. Um, mixed feelings about this. As you know, Jacqueline, one of my favourite athletes in the field, always love watching him, but just hasn't really been himself this season. Um, had a decent start, obviously, was was sort of mixing it with uh, Johannes and and Ligreed at the start. But I think ending his season now after the World Championships, he's got good feeling coming out of that, that gold medal in the men's relay. Uh, I think that gives him gives him a sort of nice spark to, to go off and have a decent off-season. Um, you know, last year, it sort of feels so long ago now, but Jacqueline had a pretty bad off-season, a lot of injuries. Um, I, can't, I think he injured himself cycling, um, broke... I can't remember his arm or wrist or something like that. So he had a not the perfect off season uh, coming into this season. So maybe shutting down the season now after the World Championships, after a really good result in that relay, just gives him the the focus he needs to have a really good off season, train well, and and come back in in the new the new year, same year that we're in now, the new season um, in really good form. Because I think for someone like him who he. Puts it all on the line there. He wants wins. He doesn't really care if he's not on the top step of the podium. And when you're going up against the season we're seeing from Johannes Tingers right now, it's going to be a tough, tough year for everyone, but especially someone like Jacqueline, who who really wants to wants to win more than anything else. Um, so I think shutting down the season there, good, good call from Jacqueline. Um, but obviously, for those of us that wanted to see him out there on the tracks, uh, tough news there. So that's uh, sort of really where I'm sitting with the men's races. I think Johannes is pretty much nailed on for a sprint win. I think it's likely we see a sprint pursuit double, to be honest, just like uh, Phil May gave us last year after the Olympics. But if I'm going for the hopeful side of me uh, that doesn't want to see him winning every race, then I'll say Burr for the uh, for the sprint. And let's say Jacamel for the pursuit. If he can get himself maybe top five in that sprint, and then boost himself up, get uh, a win there in Nova Miesto. I think the much closer races, though, are going to be, unsurprisingly, on the women's side. So let's have a look at those now, where the odds are much closer. In fact, we have three favourites for the women's sprint. Denise Hermann-Bick, Julia Simon, and Hannah Erberg, all sitting at 5-1. to one. Hannah's sister, Elvira Erberg, just behind them at 7-1. to one. And, I mean... You could then list off a dozen other names that you know could have a very good chance of taking the victory in uh, in Friday's sprint. There, I mean Lisa Vitozzi, of course, someone who could easily uh, take uh, take another victory there, eight to one for Vitozzi. We've then got Tandravold, who I'm going to come on to, and Roiseland, both at ten to one, and then. Again, just the names here. Davidova, Vera, Lynn Person after an incredible World Championships. 
and Ace Chevalier Boucher, and I mean, let's go all the way to Chloe Chevalier as well, um, who was so close to winning back in Antult. Lampich, of course, if she shoots well. Hauser, I'm not sure that Hauser's in the form to take a win here, um, but you get the idea. There are an absolute, um, just massive amount of athletes that, that are in the running to take a victory in the women's race. The favourites, though, of those, I think Herman Vick might be the best shout. She won the first sprint after the Olympics last year. She's in great form. Obviously, after a gold medal, a gold and a silver. And did you get a bronze? No, I think just a gold and a silver in the World Championships um, for for Herman Vick. Um, oh, no, it'd be a gold and two silvers because of the relay as well. Uh, anyway, enough of me babbling on trying to remember what happened a couple of weeks ago. Crux of it, I think, of the favourites. Herman Vick might be the one to, to back here. In good form, the pressure's not really on her. She's not in the race for the overall Crystal Globe, and that is where all eyes are going to be focused. We've got the battle between Elvira and Julia Simon. Just 76 points between Simon in first and Elvira in second. And, you know, that 76 points with, the, uh, with 90 points for a win now, that means one bad race for one of them could really swing that battle uh, one way or another. They're both in very similar form as well. Simone's last three sprints, uh, she was 10th in Oberhof, uh, 9th in Antolz, and then 2nd in Pocuca. So that's sort of since the, uh, since the new year. Elvira, she was 1st in the race that Simone was 2nd. She was 3rd in the race Simone was 9th. And she was 16th in the race Simone was 10th. Obviously, it turned out battling a bit of illness uh, in the World Championships. So you look at the form book there and you think they're both in a very similar place right now. Um, in terms of Elvira, it could be all down to how well she's recovered. She had a tough World Championships, was was ill throughout, had that amazing performance in the women's relay, battling hard on the third leg there. With Simone, you know, she raced hard throughout the World Championships, so is fatigue going to start to be a bit of an issue um, for Simone? And add on to that, the pressure of both of them being in the race for their first ever uh, overall Crystal Globe. And I could see the pressure not necessarily telling on them in terms of having a, an awful race, but in terms of the win, I think it might be uh, it might be the pressure of the overall race just knocking them both down a bit. And we could see some misses, I think, from Simone and Elvira. And I don't think either of them is going to be in the race for victory. So when we're looking at the favourites, that leaves Denise Herman and Hannah Erberg, and it could be an absolute battle between the two of them. Um, we saw it, of course, in the women's sprint, just 2.2 seconds between them back in Oberhof. Um, hopefully we see something similar uh, on Friday, because that was a battle that definitely uh, one, was one of my favourites of the year. Elsewhere, though, you look further back, Ingrid Tandrevold, 10 to 1. I think this is going to be a great end of the season for Tandervold. She's had a tough, tough year. It's been up and down. It started off well, but then dipped. Obviously, she's had so many problems with her standing shoot recently. But that silver medal in the mass start a uh, couple of weeks ago there, I think it's just going to really boost her season up now. Uh, 19 out of 20 hit on that day. I think having that feeling coming out of the championships, third best ski speed in that race as well. And I think Tandravold could be a real danger in, in all of the races for the rest of this year. She's 
finished well in other seasons. I mentioned uh, the the last uh, last race a couple of seasons ago where she she won the mass start there. Um, and you know, again, no pressure on Tandrevold in terms of Crystal Globe race. I think that could that could be just loosen her up, hit the perfect ten out of ten. Uh, and I think ten to one for Tandrevold, outside of the the big favourites, uh, would be where I was looking. I always like to give you a long shot as well. Before I do it, I'll take a little sip of water here. But as a long shot, I'm looking to Switzerland, and I'm looking to Lena Heike Gross. Always sort of look like one of those athletes that's always capable of a top 10. Um, more often than not, though, doesn't make it, but she's in good form recently. 11th in the mass start in Omaha, 9th in the individual. I think we're going to see some top 10s from Heike Gross before the end of the year. She's 100 to 1 to take the victory. That's probably out of reach, but 5 to 1 to make the top 5. That's where I like uh, I like like where that looks. Um, so Heike Gross... As an outside bet, as with the men's race, though, you could start to look towards some of the younger athletes who might, you know, provide a bit of a sh bit of a shot coming into this. Um, and you look at the world championships. There's a couple of people in there. Sophia Schneider um, of Germany. She's been looking good recently. Hannah Kevinger, I think, would be would be one of my sort of dark horses to maybe take a top ten, top six, even on a on a day where others are missing. Uh, she her ski speed's been looking really good since she's come into the World Cup team. And someone who could be a bit of a dark horse, maybe saying top six might be might be overdoing it. But how about Uni Arnekliev after a, a pretty much a, a breakout uh, year, uh, breakout world championships, I should say. Uh, 12th in that sprint, 13th in the pursuit. All fell apart a little bit in the individual where she missed eight and was 79th. Um, but that experience is going to be invaluable, just 24 years old. Um, and that's uh, definitely a name to just keep an eye out for in terms of uh, races this year. In the pursuit, another name that I think we could see there, Samuela Camola, hitting 20 out of 20 in the individual, 20 out of 20 in the mass start over in Oberhof. Uh, a couple of top tens for her there. Winning, of course, in the women's relay. I think that Kamola's someone who, I think the sprint, uh, the ski speed's not going to be there for her. Top 10's possible, but um, but that'll be tough. But in the pursuit, if that if that um, accuracy in the range bears out for her, then Kamola could definitely be a danger to, uh, to reach top six uh, sort of level in that race. Which leaves us with just the mixed relays on Sunday. And this is going to be fascinating to see who who we see and who we don't see in these races. Obviously, the two big names will be Julia Simon and Elvira Erberg. Johannes has pretty much wrapped up the overall globe on the men's side. Um, so I don't really see that factoring in. And the Norwegians, to be fair to them, very rarely rest the big names um, in these races. A couple of years ago, when Ligreed and Bo were both, um, both going for the, the overall globe, they were both competing in the uh, in the mixed relays uh, after the World Championships there. So I don't see anyone being rested from that side of things. But in the women's side, do we see someone? Do we see Elvira? That will be interesting to see. And do Norway sort of revert to, to that winning formula of Christiansen and Tandrevold in the single mixed? If they do, I'd like to see how, how well they can do there. Obviously, that would leave Roisland, maybe Njotun or Lien, um, and probably the Burrs. Um, 
the birds competing with Ligreed for the men's spots there. So the, the politics of who's going to be entering these races, I, I find really interesting. Kind of nerding out on it. Italy's the other one that I'm going to going to be really interested to see how, what they do. Because um, they did well in the mixed relay, obviously, in Oberhof. They did. They got a silver medal there. They did well in the single mix, getting the bronze there. So do they go Vitozzi Giacomo in the single mix and, and sort of hope that they can maybe compete for the win there? Or do they go for their strongest team in the mix, go Vera, Vitozzi, um, Biona and Giacomo? Because you've also got the that sort of wild card of Lukas Hoffer on the men's side and Kamola on the women's side. If Kamola's shooting as well as she did at the, the sort of back end of Oberhof, then you could maybe put her on the opening leg of the mixed relay um, and then sort of see see how well that does. I'm just going to check it here, actually. It is the women leading off in the mixed relay. So you could go Kamola, Vera, maybe Biona, Giacomello, or Biona, Hoffa, and then sort of save your, your trump cards there, Vitozzi and Giacomello for the single mix. I'll stop speculating on that, but it's going to be going to be very interesting to see what the big teams do in those races. Obviously, in the single mix, we've got uh, Hauser and Kamatz coming off of that silver medal in Oberhof as well. Um, I expect to see that pairing uh, continue on Sunday. Um, let's go for predictions, though. As I say, we've got Burt and Giacomo on the men's side. I am going for Denise Hermanvik for the women's sprint. Hannah Erbo for the women's pursuit. Scratch that. Tangerol for the pursuit. Herman for the sprint. And then in the single mixed relay, let's go Norway in the single mixed and Italy in the mixed relay. Let me know what you think of those predictions. Let me know who you think is going to be there on the day. Elsewhere, let's finish things up and have a quick trip to IBU Cup Corner. And the IBU Cup is pretty much matching uh, the same pattern as the World Cup at the moment with the men's race for the Crystal Globe. Well, actually over as it stands now. And the women's looking like it's going to go all the way to the final race. Races over in Canmore at the moment where they were delayed for a few days because it was just too damn cold over there in Canada. But they did get going with the sprints on the 25th. And it was Marin Kirkida, the Norwegian, who was closing in on the leaders at the top of the Crystal Globe race with a win in the sprint. Great race from Kirkida, who, you know, has jumped up to the World Cup level, found it a little bit tough there, but is still uh, still getting her feet uh, at this level. She took the win 12.2 seconds ahead of France's Paula Bote and Ukraine's Dimitrenko 30 seconds behind. Really good race for Kirkida. In terms of the leaders for the uh, for the Crystal Globe in the IBU Cup, it's Tudia Hansen and Gion Gigana, and they both had pretty tough days out there. Gigana with three misses down in 11th. Tudia Hansen only one miss, but all the way back in 32nd, two minutes and 46 seconds down. Um, the races kept coming, though. We had super sprints to follow, and Kirkida, for her, the good news kept coming. She won the super sprint globe after a fourth place. In that race with fellow Norwegian Kalkenberg taking the win. In terms of that race for the top, though, Gigana again closing the gap on Johansson. And it was the same story in the mass start. Gigana getting herself onto the podium with a third place, just two misses for the Frenchwoman, while Johansson with five misses was down in 19th. 
All of this meant that with two individual races left over in Canmore, we just had the sprints, pursuits, uh, as well as some relays to come. Johansson has a minuscule advantage still, just 10 points over Gigana, who also, I should say, took the mass start globe um, with that third place. Kokaida still technically in the race. She's 89 points back. I think that's going to be too much for her to overhaul, though. And it really looks like Gigana is in the driving seat, just 10 points to take back on Johansson. And Johansson just not looking like the same athlete uh, that we saw doing so well earlier in the season. Over on the men's side, some familiar names were at the top of the podium. Philip Horn taking his first win of the year in the sprint. The only man in the field to shoot clear. He was uh, kept on his uh, kept on his toes though by Vebjorn Sorum. The Norwegian was looking like he was going to take the win. Nine out of nine. But how many times have we seen it? The last shot going wide for the Norwegian. Uh, Philip Horn taking his first win of the year on the IBU Cup stage. Uh, we then had Emilian. Um, excuse me. We then had Emilian Cloud <laughs> in the. Uh, in the men's super sprint, taking the victory with a clear shoot, just edging out Lucas Fratcher of Germany, uh, who missed in the second shoot of the day there. And then it was on to the mass start, where again, a familiar name from the World Cup, not Philip Field Anderson, but his brother Alexander Field Anderson, uh, overcoming a last shoot miss to take the win by 15 seconds over Martin Uldal and Simon Kaiser of Germany, who he was having a great battle with until the German missed two in the third shoot. The big news, though, on the men's stage was in that mass start, we had our overall winner crowned, and he wasn't even there. It's Andre Stromsheim, who will, of course, be uh, racing over in Nova Miesto. Uh, his closest challenger and only person who could mathematically beat him, Mats Overby, didn't start in the mass start. That gave Stromsheim the win. Uh, great result for him. Uh, not only means that... Uh, he is guaranteed to be in that Norwegian team in the season ender in Oslo, but also in next year's opener in Ostersund. Um, so really well done to Stromsheim. Definitely keep an eye on those women's races over in Can in Canmore, though. We've got the sprint tonight. Uh, that's at six o'clock uh, in the evening. That's UK time. So seven for those of you in Europe. And I cannot quite do the maths for the uh, for my North American friends. Uh, but it will be at uh, some point in the afternoon, uh, maybe one o'clock. I'm tentatively saying there. Um, so, yeah, women's sprint tonight. That's going to be a great race. Then we've got the pursuit on the third. So Friday for the pursuit, the sprint uh, happening tonight. We've then got mixed relays uh, to end the IBU Cup season there. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye on that. It's going to be great racing. Uh, you can catch that on the Eurovision website uh, in most countries, I believe. Uh, anyway, that's enough of me uh, jabbering on for one day. We've got the races in Nova Mesto coming up. I hope you all enjoy those. And as I say, keep an eye out for those women's races in Campbell because they should be pretty great. In the meantime, though, hope you all have a great week. I'll be back next Tuesday uh, to recap all of the action from the World Cup races. And I will see you then.